0: All right, welcome to a uh, Colorado Buffaloes analysis. I'm Brian Howell, and please be joined uh, by Adam Munster Tiger. And Adam, we usually do these in person. We've been, you know, doing so many of them, uh, you know, in person uh, throughout the season, but we haven't really seen each other since uh, Salt Lake City uh, for the finale. So it's nice to see you again.
1: Yeah, quite a bit's happened with Colorado football since then, so good to catch up. And yeah, I miss being able to get in Folsom Field, have that nice backdrop, but uh, we got to settle for our home offices. But yeah, this yeah. is uh, the second straight off season where there's so much talent acquisitioning happening that I almost feel like I'm covering a coaching search from a stress standpoint because there's so much happening and you want to <laughs> find out about these guys. When a guy commits, you really want to you know find out. Uh, what folks are saying about them, what their potential looks like. So it, it takes quite a bit of work, but uh, it, it's also a lot of fun just to see uh, the level of talent that's coming into Colorado. I did a, a video with Chase Howell the other day where we're trying to pick out the most underrated guy in this class. And, you know, most of these guys are pretty highly rated. It's, it's kind of hard to find some of those yeah. under the, under the radar guys because they they really have competed against uh, for a lot of these guys, the who's who of college football to get them to commit to, to the buffs.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll say real quick. Um, it's funny because I still follow all the Pac-12 writers and um, some of the guys that I follow that are posting like, oh, here's Utah's uh, depth chart for their bowl game. I keep thinking, oh, there's people still playing football. I forget about that because yeah, we're still focused on the other part. But um, yeah. you, you're right about that. And we're going to do a video later this week to talk more about the high school signees. We're going to kind of wait until after signing day until those are official. Now, obviously, the transfers aren't going to be official uh, really until they get on campus, but we're going to focus more on transfers here today. But um, before we get into that, um, I, I want to make sure there's, there's a lot of focus this time of year on whether people have their Christmas shopping done. I want to make sure, are you fully stocked with food and caffeine or energy drinks that you need for Wednesday? You know, I, I, I,
1: I'm i fine. I used yeah. to go and just go overboard with the caffeine, but then, you know, you kind of crash sometimes. So, uh, I've with age, I've learned how to ease into signing day a little bit more. My alarm will still probably go off at four 30. Um, and we'll start the day with some coffee and, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, back in, back in your twenties and thirties, you can, you can do things, caffeine, uh, things to your body that, that you can't do when you get in your (laughs) forties.
0: Well, and, and I will say, Coach Prime makes it a little easier on us. I mean, we'd, we'd probably rather have a press conference, but last year he did not do a press conference on signing day. I think he was the only coach in the Pac-12 that didn't, and you can kind of understand, I mean, he was just hitting the ground running, and I think – they had just come off the Celebration Bowl, but it doesn't sound like there's going to be one this week. So um, it makes it easier on us; we don't have to go to Boulder at least. But uh, you know, it's still going to be a very exciting you know, press conference, or not? It's going to be a very exciting uh, signing day for the Buffs. And uh, and but first, uh, before we get into the transfers, let's talk about some of these coaching changes because we have not talked about any of those. I know uh, we've kind of done our own things with uh, you know other colleagues talking about these things. But what are your takes on uh, some of the coaching changes? I mean, Sean Lewis leaving. Uh, the handwriting was on the wall after that UCLA game, right? Um, and then from there, you know, you kind of expected Oh Boyle to leave, Brewster to leave, because of the way all that went down. But the one surprise is probably Nick Williams. But um, you know, what are your thoughts on all the coaching changes on the staff?
1: Well, I know that Vincent Dancy is somebody that that connects well with these players, and so yeah. I am anxious to see how he does getting promoted into that position. And um, you know, this is somebody that took a over a a really struggling program in the FCS ranks and they didn't have the resources to compete. And because of that, he developed a relationship with coach prime and that turned into a friendship. And now uh, they work together. They've worked really well together. And so um, a little bit more reserved than Nick Williams, who's a little bit more of a fiery type of guy, but Vincent Danzi really knows how to carry himself. And I think young people really respect him. So, um, and he's been on the staff, you know, so, yeah. you know, the chemistry has got to be there with Sal Sanzeri. Otherwise mm-hmm. coach prime's not making that, that promotion. Um, and, you know, in terms of the, the play caller, we'll see. I mean, if that becomes official and, and Pat Shermer's the guy, then, then we'll re- react to to the news. Then um doesn't sound like a hundred percent, a done deal. So it's kind of hard to, to speculate on this point, but uh, we know that Shadur Sanders is very comfortable with Pat Shermer and that's, When you're looking at the next offense coordinator for Colorado in in 2024, at least, that's got to be number one on the list, right? So um, he does have that going for him. And and I didn't – I don't cover the Broncos, so I don't have these preconceived notions against him. He did some nice things in in a couple of those games. It wasn't anything groundbreaking, but also – and OC is not going to be able to do anything groundbreaking the last month of the season with guys that are already pretty beat up and uh, not necessarily trying to get to the finish line, but they're not in a position to, to put in a whole new offense in in the month mm-hmm. of November. So um, I would say yet to be determined in terms of him as a play caller at Colorado. Uh, and there's been such a huge gap you know, before with him being a college coach that I would be, uh, it would be a risky hire. I don't think there's any other way to say that, Uh, but the fact that Shadour and him get along so well uh, would make me feel less nervous about it going in if that's indeed what they decide to do.
0: Yeah, it's been interesting that, um, you know, there's been no definitive answer on that, but he's been asked about it twice. Coach Prime has been asked about it twice in interviews and both times he said, yeah, it's most likely going to be what I do. Well, we that's kind of an unusual uh you know way to go about it so yeah that's most likely but you know no definitive thing um i had, i wound up um, we don't know pat shermer that well i think we did one press conference with him but um, i actually wound up i don't know if i've ever told you this but um the washington state game you know as bad as that was as i'm i had to send my story as soon as the game's over and uh, get to the elevator and head down but i wound up riding in the elevator down uh, with some of the coaches and one of them was pat shermer and he's said hi to him. I said hi to him when he, when they got in the elevator and, uh, said hi. And there's that long walk from, you know, the elevator to the stadium, to where the press conference is. And, um, you know, he and I wound up talking that whole time and, um, you know, nice guy, you know, um, coming off of a 56, 14 or right after a 56, 14 loss, um, he was still pretty cordial and nice. And, um, you know, we talked about some different things uh, from that night, but um, it'll be interesting to see what he does, but it's clear uh, coach prime said after the Utah game that he and Shadur get along really well. And that's important. Um, You know, regardless of his experience in the college level, I think number one is you've got to have connection with your quarterback and NOC, and it looks like they have that. And so um, if that's what they have, then that's, that's a good thing. And so uh, we'll see, but I think all they need right now is a tight ends coach, right? Because, a um, line coach looks like Phil Lodeholt. So he's never announced it, but that's you know what we understand. But I think all they need is a tight ends coach, right? Uh, that's correct, uh, unless
1: they you know do bring on a, an outside offensive coordinator um, yeah. here in the coming weeks. But yeah, I was just talking with Khalil Benson, who's transferring in from Indiana to play for Phil Lodeholt on that offensive line, and I asked him what kind of impression. Coach Lohdehold, you know, in Boulder, had made on him, and he said that he's not a, a super vocal guy. But he he said after I got done talking with him, uh, any doubts I had about playing at Colorado were completely out the window. So that's uh, a small sample size. Me just talking to one of the transfers that's coming in, and Phil Lohdehold has not been in Boulder very long. But um, one of the things I like about him, and and I've said this before, is that this was somebody that was actually going to come to see you initially. So he's got some history in this area, has some familiarity, which isn't the most important thing, but you know, nothing about living in boulders are going to really surprise him. Uh, but he had to go the Juco route and then he becomes a Juco All-American, goes to Oklahoma, plays in one of the greatest, greatest offenses in college football history. So he's seen both sides of what it's like to be in college, kind of the underdog trying to work your way up and being humbled to the Juco ranks and also being, you know, at Oklahoma and being one of the stars of that offense, a guy that was, what was he, a second round draft pick by the Vikings? He was drafted pretty early on. So yeah. uh, the pedigree is there. Does he have full-time offensive line coaching experience at the Power Five level? No, but he's been around Oklahoma, uh, was around Old Miss before that. So I wouldn't say uh, that's... He's got pretty good experience, but the one thing you would say if you're questioning the hire a little bit is that he has not been in the position he is at Colorado right now in terms of being that that f- full time guy.
0: Yeah, and he also you know didn't go to you know one of the big name high schools. He went to Fountain Fort High, Fountain Fort Carson High School. Um, so he wasn't e- even at a Cherry Creek or you know some of these other guys like a Desoto or a Modern Day things like that. He um, he knows how to work his way up, and and you know frankly as soon as he was done playing he got into some of those, you know, uh, those coaching scholarship, uh, you know, programs, things like that. Uh, I don't know what they're called, but you know what I'm talking about that uh, those developmental uh, coaching. Uh, like an apprenticeship, Yeah. Uh, and So he, he's, he's put in the work and, and obviously from the time he finished playing um, he's, this is something he's wanted to do and, and he's, he's put in some work to get to this point. So we'll see with him, but um, at, at your conversation with Phil or uh, not Phil uh, Khalil Benson, it's probably a good segue uh, in talking about the transfers because um, I think there's 15 guys. There was 16, you know, for for about two minutes, and then all of a sudden there was 15. But um, I think that the there's certain areas. There's different ways we can go with this, but I think one of the main areas, obviously, was offensive line. And you know, Coach Prime, we remember you know, after that UCLA game, he said, "Big picture, you you go get new linemen." Well, he's going to get new linemen, and we thought he had five, but uh, one of Khalil Benson's teammates, uh, Matthew Bedford, um, just this afternoon announced he's going to go to Oregon instead. But um, let's start offensive line. Uh, what have you thought about what they've done with the offensive line so far through the transfer portal?
1: Yeah, I I don't know how big of a hit Bedford going to Oregon is, but I loved his versatility because this was a guy yeah. that. Hid play every position except center and you look about trying to figure out how to how to put all these new pieces together and Bedford seemed like the kind of this interchangeable piece that you could move to a lot of different spots so uh, that part of it is the part uh that I don't like but you know Justin Mayers was a guy that had 17 offers within a couple days of hitting the portal um and this is a guy that uh Folks in that area that that know about UTEP football say that he's got NFL potential. He just didn't really have the exposure. Um, and now he's going to get that exposure, obviously. So, you know, Colorado is such a great place for somebody like Justin Mayers that a little bit under the radar, very solid, has gotten better every year in college. And now... As long as he's ready, this is going to be the biggest spotlight an offensive lineman can go into, right? And so if yeah. you perform well in that spotlight, you're going to get paid. You're going to get drafted. And so um, I, I think he's one of the guys that stands out. Tyler Johnson coming in from, from Houston and is another guy that uh, I'd be surprised if he's not a starter for the Buffs th- this coming year. And then your Kerry Walker's a little bit intriguing, you know, not the biggest guy that that they bring in. Um, and then Benson. um you know, he says that he likes playing tackle a little bit more. He played right tackle this past year. He was at right guard the year before, so he thinks he's going to be starting out at tackle to begin, which would make sense, especially with Bedford now going to Oregon. And we'll see. Maybe they, they add a couple pieces there. We've seen Brian at other positions, and I'm sure we'll get there, but, you know, receivers one of them where you might go, well, okay, I think they're okay there. They've got enough pieces. And then they they want to keep adding. And they want to get more and more competition within each position group. And so with that said, especially with Bedford going to Oregon, I try to bring in a couple more guys on that offensive line just to really
0: bolster that competition in that depth. Yeah, and actually uh, we're doing this on Monday. On Saturday, I wrote a piece kind of looking at the depth, and I thought they'd they're probably done at offensive line there. But then there's two guys I wrote about in that piece that are, are not going to be a part of the plans now. So things change very quickly in recruiting. But I agree with you at this point. You probably want to add you know, a couple more. Um, you know, We can't forget that as of right now, Savion Washington it looks like he's coming back and, um, he was, he played pretty well uh, before he had that injury mid season, um, mm-hmm. came back. And from what I've heard, uh, was not fully healthy, but they kind of needed him back. Um, he was playing a little gimpy, uh, the, the last half of the year when he came back and didn't, didn't look as good. Uh, but if he's fully healthy and he's back, I think that's a good tackle piece. And, um, you know Tyler Brown, who didn't get to play this year. Uh, uh, they love him. Obviously, he came from Jackson State. Um, he's an intriguing piece as to what he can do. Uh, Jack Bailey is still um, on this roster, and we'll see with him with another year. I know you know Buff fans were on him all year, but you know with another year, maybe he's a good piece, and maybe he factors in at center as well. I know he's snapped as well. So um, there's some st- still some intriguing pieces that are on this team um, combined with the guys coming in so um, I think it's a better offensive line but you're right as far as spotlight as much as coach prime talked about the offensive line I think Colorado offensive line might be one of the most uh, viewed uh, positions next September is okay how does that group look how many times is Shador Sanders getting sacked
1: yeah I mean you throw in Tyler Brown and Hank Zelenskis too on the offensive line you know you forget Hank Zelenskis was a true freshman this past year. The fact that they would even trust him to be out there as the backup when Van Wells went down and then you create a special package where he's an extra blocker out there. So that's something that says something about what they think about him in terms of uh, his potential. So uh, yeah, you know, I, I, like that group in David Connors, another one that certainly looks the part. Um, (laughs) I just, you got to do everything you can to make sure that you've got a quality too deep because, um, we saw this past fall, once you get in the season, you you have what you have. And, uh, it's just so important this 2024 season to maximize Shadour Sanders potential at this level and, uh, you know, get him in high up in that first round of the NFL draft pit, uh, draft. And so, uh, uh, th- that group is, is certainly motivated again, going back to that conversation I had with Benson, uh, you know, they, they really, uh, and, and we even heard coach prime say on a well-off media video that that group got up in some belligerent person's face when uh, they were all on their official visit, hanging out with Shador Sanders. And, um, they, they had his back before they even had committed to Colorado. So that's what you need from that group is, uh, they're going to have to band together because even if they play pretty well there's still going to be criticism that's just a thankless position at times but man if you're just uh you know above average as an offensive lineman going in uh next year you you're, you're going to receive so much praise because Shadur Sanders uh when given time is is obviously one of the elite quarterbacks in the country
0: yeah, no question, and I I like their chances against drunk fans in a bar, but you got to see how they do it against Big Twelve defensive <laughs> linemen, right? Uh, so, but I do like this group better. Um, as far as uh, let's move on to receiver because um, you know Coach Prime has added uh, some more weapons uh, for for uh, Shador and the other quarterbacks as well. And um, did you watch uh, uh, last night? Shannon Sharp had his uh, late night thing, and Deion Sanders was the guest on there. Did you watch any of that? I caught
1: just a few minutes of it.
0: Okay, so I was I was kind of uh skimming through it a little bit but um it, w- it was kind of the first time that i that i remember you know coach prime saying something he was asked about travis Hunter and maybe hinting that yeah we want to maybe give him a you know a few breathers here and there you know work in some time where he doesn't uh you know where we give him a few breaks here and there um i'm paraphrasing and i don't know if that's exactly what he said but it's, it seemed like that was the hint um and you know to do that you've got to have some really good players at receiver and some really good players at corner um, to play when he's not in there. Um, And receiver, we know they're losing Xavier Weaver. They're losing uh, Javon Antonio. um, And so you've got to kind of replace that. You have good talent, but um, they've got some guys coming in. Will Shepard, I'm looking at my list here. Will Shepard obviously led Vanderbilt in receiving. And people say, well, Vanderbilt. Well, look at Zay Weaver. He led a bad USF team in receiving. It was really good uh, for the Buffs this year. Will Shepard, to me, um, is one of the most exciting transfers they've got.
1: Well, sometimes you have to look a little bit beyond the box score, right? I, I think yeah. when we're reporting on this stuff, you, you put out there what you can at the time when they commit. And then you kind of circle back and and try to dig a little bit deeper. And, you know, Terrell Timmons Jr., when he commits, was like, okay, I see he got on the field a little bit there at NC State. Okay. Yeah. But I wasn't like, okay, this is a guy you definitely need to bring, in, bring into this program. And then you talk to folks that covered him at NC State, and they say, he's a really good deep threat. They just couldn't get the ball to him deep. And yeah. uh, so there's more to the fact that he didn't put up monster numbers as a freshman and sophomore there. So um, you get a little bit more excited about a guy like that when, once you kind of hear about his potential a little bit. But uh, you know, I think you, you got to go with Will Shepard as the the headliner, of that group just based on what he did in the sec and uh i don't know if he's an xavier weaver clone but from a just overall talent standpoint he's he's on par i feel like and so uh you add a little bit of depth in there as well with uh you know and then you bring in cordell russell who is a blue chip recruit coming out of high school and uh you know, it was big kid at six four two ten. So uh you've upgraded that position. Um and this is with losing a guy in Zay Weaver that might actually end up getting drafted this year
0: or next year. Yeah. And and, and Will Shepard a, a bigger He's Bigger than uh, Xavier Weaver, I think he's 6'3, 6'2, something like that. So he's closer to a Javon Antonio size. Uh, but then, you, you know, obviously, you also have a Mario Miller, um, you know, Caleb Mathis, uh, just a walk on, but um, he was making some plays there towards the end of the season. Obviously, Jimmy Horn Jr., um, you know, slated to come back, so uh, they've got a lot of talent there. So I like what they've done there. Um, and then at tight end, um, you know, Shimon Matea is that how you say his name from Cincinnati? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, you know, I, th- I think he got about 23 passes or so at Cincinnati. Uh, they need, uh, a tight end. I mean, obviously <laughs> I think as of right now, the only other scholarship tight end, well, the only scholarship tight end on the roster is, uh, is Louis Passarello who missed the season uh, with an injury. So, um, you know, you kind of need a tight end there. Um, and he looks like a pretty good one. What do you think about him?
1: Or maybe we get the, uh, Shane Cokes, Bishop Thomas combo out there. Uh, Again in 2024, that was actually one of my favorite parts of the TCU game and maybe one of my favorite parts of the whole season, but yeah, no, that that's a good pickup there. You know, our national people that, that rank these guys think really highly of him. As we record this, he's ranked fifth among all tight end transfers. And so not knowing who your position coach is going to be, although my guess is that's going to get announced pretty soon. Uh, but still, know. And he he probably does, and and maybe not quite knowing though how the tight end is going to be used, but knowing that he's probably going to be at the top of the pecking order so uh, he will get utilized if he comes in uh, and plays well there was a a four game stretch this past season where he had a total of 200 receiving yards so uh wasn't breaking any type of receiving records there at cincinnati but was somebody that that had a really nice stretch there and has a bigger frame than what we saw when they got say do as a tight end commit last year And, and obviously that didn't work out so hopefully it does here
0: yeah, and the uh, numbers were fairly similar to what Michael Harrison had, a little bit less, but um, a bigger body that might be, a, be able to help you more as a blocker. Um, and then sticking with offense, um, they've got two quarterback transfers. And, you know, that's been kind of the narrative of like, well, with Shador there, you're not going to be able to bring in transfer quarterbacks. Well, they've got two of them, uh, both from the SEC, Destin Wade uh, from Kentucky, um, Will Taylor, um, is that right? Walter Taylor uh, from Vanderbilt. Um, a couple guys that didn't play a ton, but they, they do have a little bit of experience. Um, I like these guys. I mean, it, it shows um, obviously some athleticism they're bringing in at quarterback, some size, and uh, and obviously Coach Prime has said we need to get people behind Shador that can come in and play well.
1: Yeah, and uh, it's just it's really difficult when you've got a starting quarterback as talented as Shador Sanders to to really bring in top level guys there, and so to bring in a couple guys that have at least seen some action at the power five level um, and. You know, with Walter six seven and, and he can run, that's an intriguing aspect. Uh, yeah. But they they just haven't done enough in games to really know. And you know, I, ever since the JT Shroud thing, maybe I'm just a little hesitant until. I see these guys actually go out there and, and, you know, perform, but you know, I I think Walter Taylor had a, had a really good spring game for Vanderbilt last year. He got on the field for a few throws this past year, I think 15 attempts. So, uh, you're doing something right. If you're part of the mix now, uh, is he the future of the position in in Boulder? would it it would be hard to say at this point.
0: Yeah. And you're right. You you take it kind of with a grain of salt. It's like, well, let's see him on the field first. But I, I do think that you know, when you take guys that uh, are still young and that were wanted by SEC programs, uh, you say, okay, well, that, that's some good depth there. I think the concern, at least for me, would be I liked how Ryan Staub played uh, against Utah, and I think he's got a good future as a college football quarterback, but um, does something like this make him uh, jump in the portal and you lose him you know, long term? And, and Maybe they're not super worried about that, but um, he's at least a guy that's done it a little bit for Colorado. Um, And so who knows what that depth looks like, but um, at least as of right now, they've got four guys that um, have played some college football.
1: That's a position where it's not a uh, four is a good number. uh, If you can keep it there somehow, that, that would be great.
0: Yeah, and it, and it looks better than I mean last year your two backups were two true freshmen that had never played uh, you know a lick of college football so um, you like that going into it better uh, than you did last year so let's um, see that's it offensively I believe let's switch over to defense and the defensive line I mean the big one today uh, was oh we we talked about it beforehand <laughs> you you say it <laughs> the kid from Houston Chidozi. Wonkway Wonk- right Wong- Wonkway Wonkwa or something like that yeah.
1: Oh man, we're we are just butchering. It. We even yes. we even tried. We should have <laughs> we, we should have let off the show with Chidozi cuz uh yeah,
0: no. Well, and we we apologize will for We, butchering will,
1: it we right. will be we will be very fluent in this young man's name, but yeah, he yeah. literally committed what a half an hour before we hit record here and we're all getting I, we, up stories, What I so.
0: <laughs> what I do know is that uh, cuz Houston had a pronunciation guide, the N is silent. So it is like uh Wanqua or something like that, but uh regardless, um he's a very I'm uh, going Wanqua so that's One, my right. official okay. my final answer there. All right. Well, uh, talented guy though. I mean, he he's a, yeah. a four-year starter from Houston. Um, you know, and didn't put up big stats, but nose guards don't put up big stats. And so um he was he was known as a run stuffer. Um, Coach Prime has said there's two things we need to do run the football and stop the run. This is a guy that can stop the run.
1: I love five foot eleven defensive tackles that I have a background in wrestling. And he was somebody that was uh, a really successful wrestler in high school. Uh, You know, you always hear that term low man wins and and yeah, you need length as a defense alignment, especially as an edge guy, but to plug some, some gaps in there. uh, And and he was really efficient doing this at Houston, got better every year. This past year, was his best year there. He's played a ton of football. Mm -hmm. A lot of schools contacted Chidozi. Once he hit the portal, he took a visit to, to Missouri as well. And so, this is a this is a good get. This is somebody that uh, I, I really think is going to battle for a starting job on this defensive line in twenty twenty four.
0: Yeah, to me, this is uh, one of the transfers that CU fans ought to be most excited about because I think that he is one of the most seasoned and proven guys at a, at a position uh, of a big time need, and they've got other guys up front. But um, you know, the last couple of years we've seen them bring in a lot of guys with uh, from other uh, you know power five programs that have potential well, this guy's done it. And so, you know, I'm excited about Chidozie to see what he can do. Yeah, definitely.
1: And, and, you know, this is one of the, the, the areas where we're going to continue to probably see them continue to address it because yep. uh, you, you can't go into next season or even spring ball with linebacker the same position it's at right now. And um, I, I get that everybody's trying to get these top-level linebackers, but that uh, you're making a list of things that you still need. That, that's got to be number one on the list.
0: Yeah, and defensive line, you, know, you hope that Bishop Thomas uh, has some good development in the offseason. He's still a young player. I was actually up there briefly uh, visiting someone the other day and saw the only person in the weight room working out was Shane Cokes. And so uh, you hope that uh, you know he comes back, and, and he's he said he's leaning towards coming back. He needs a big season. But um, also defensive line, um, Ann Quinn Barnes uh, is coming over from Alabama, has not played a ton, uh, but he's an Alabama recruit, uh, some much-needed sides. Up front, and then uh, as an edge rusher, Quincy Wiggins from LSU. What do you think of those two guys?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't quite know what to to make of Anquan Barnes other than the fact that Charles Kelly coached this guy and has some yeah. intimate knowledge. Now, the uh, the negative view of that would be, well, okay, Demore Kennedy and Jaques Robinson were maybe not as impactful as some had hoped in 2023. Now, though, both those guys are back. They could develop, still have great careers at Colorado. So um, there's that part of it. But uh, he didn't play a whole lot there. But Alabama's third strings are better than most people's starters. So it is what it is in that sense. Um, And then Quincy Wiggins was just a big-time recruit coming out of high school, was actually ranked number one in the state of Louisiana on 24-7 sports coming out of high school and decided to stay close to home. And got on the field, you know, a, a decent amount there for LSU um, in kind of a you know a backup role. But it was good that I, I believe he he was able to redshirt one of those years, right? So yep. he's got three three to play three,
0: right? So yeah, he, so
1: yeah, this is a guy you can bring up in, in develop. He he certainly looks like an NFL guy walking around. So uh, this is going to be a, a big project for South and 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 you, you got to. You know, this is somebody that hasn't really left Baton Rouge. That's where he went to high school. That's where he went to college. So um, yeah. it's important that this staff has kind of got that southern feel to it. That they can, uh, you know, hopefully make him feel uh, like Boulder's a home away from home. With with you know all the connections on
0: this staff having uh, to the south. And a lot of players on this uh, team that have come from the South that um, seem to really like it here, Um, you know, and have talked about how much they've loved Boulder. And so um, that's going to help transition a guy like that, or or some of these uh, guys coming from the South into Boulder, is that they've got some people that have been through it as well. Um, One last transfer, I think, is uh, the last one we haven't talked about. Um, actually no there's two Um, Keaton Wade the outside linebacker Kentucky the brother twin brother of Destin Wade uh, more experienced than his brother at a different position obviously but um, I like his potential still a young player has not registered yet but he's been productive in this time at Kentucky
1: and it sounds like uh, based off what Chase Howell uh, told me today he he was hearing that Keaton Wade actually might end up having a chance to test himself out at inside linebacker so Maybe that would be a you know a piece that you try out there as well. He's got the size. He's about 250, um, so we'll see where he fits in and whether that's on the edge where he played at Kentucky. Uh, probably, you know, an underrated guy. I think if Keaton Wade was somebody that committed to Colorado during the Carl Durrell era, we might have just done a video about him. And, you know, not to say he's a footnote, but, you know, this is somebody that, um, you know, it, when you're getting all these commitments all the time, it just uh, – you're going to move on to the next one. And I don't know if the, the Wade brothers have uh gotten their due uh you know discussion. Um, and then Preston Hodge, though, like I could see him as the starting cornerback opposite Travis Hunter this year, based yeah. on what he did at Liberty this past year. He's got a, a four-star transfer rating on 24-7 sports. Um, it I, he, he looks like the the, the real deal it could, and this would be a genius move for him it, um, if it pays off, because I, I could I think. You know, even though Liberty has had success and they're playing Oregon, a Fiesta Bowl, I think you come to Colorado and um, you make teams throw more at Travis Hunter because you're so good. Man, that's going to make you look really good in the, in the eyes of NFL scouts. So, you know, of the guys that have committed that maybe are a little bit more under the radar, Preston Hodge might be number one on my list in terms of a guy that. I think is is quite a bit better, but you look at Liberty. Even though they had success, it just isn't a big name program, um, and and maybe a guy that people uh, should get excited about, but aren't right now.
0: Yeah, and a guy that you know he was really he was their starter at star uh, throughout most of this season. Um, so he's got a little bit of that versatility. You know, I don't know how they use that star. at um, so he was kind of a nickel position uh, a lot of places. It is so he's got that that position flexibility where. If Cormani McLean's development, um, if he takes that big leap and he's that other corner, you've got uh, you know Preston Hodge there to play that star, which uh, that's going to be on the field a lot too. And so um, either way, he he made the secondary better um, just by adding him. So um, you know I think that's it for transfers. We have we covered everybody as of right this moment that we're doing this as far as we know.
1: Let me check Twitter, Brian. Uh, <laughs> I think I think we're okay. I think we're okay for right now. But by the time we actually get this up, it's hard to say.
0: Yeah. Well, there's at least 15 guys we talked to about, talk about there. Uh, The buffs are close to that 85. We know that's going to change. We're not going to talk numbers right now because that's going to change so much. We know there's going to be guys, uh, some attrition. There's going to be some additions, things like that. I don't think they ever hit 85. Uh, I don't think they've ever hit 85 during the prime era, you know, and in the past, in the past, they'd be up to 92, 93. And people are like, how are they going to do this? Well, I think this year we might actually see them get, Close to the 90 and have those people worry about how we're going to get to those numbers. So it's going to be interesting to see you know, what happens in this week. It's only Monday. Uh, it's going to be a big week, Adam. And uh, so you we got to buckle in and uh, fans got to buckle in because it's going to be a big and kind of a long week.
1: It just feels like if they can get that linebacker position solidified, there's going to be so much more competition from that second team pushing first team guys. And we saw, and yeah. that makes sense. I mean, they completely overhauled the roster, but you're just going to miss on certain guys. And so you yeah. kind of have that, that second cycle of wash for back a the letter, uh, you know, for, for lack of a better term And but this is stacking another really, really solid transfer class on there. And so, you just feel so much better about a lot of positions and uh, the one that it doesn't seem like they're going to address. And I know we got to sign off here, Brian, but running back, it seems like Alt McCaskill, the, the fourth, they're, they're putting a lot of stock in to his potential. And so uh, he's going to be one of the the keys for them next year as well.
0: Yeah, I'll be interested to see if they what they do there because we don't know what Savion Wilkerson is going to do either. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. But, um, yeah, we'll be back later on this week. We'll talk more about the high school guys. And I'm sure we'll be back again at some point this winter because there's going to be more transfers to talk about as well. So, Adam, I'll see you later this week. Sounds good. Thanks, Brian.